Hello and welcome back to Arkham's Kids. I just got a hold of Before the Black Throne. This will close out the Circle Undone cycle. So I haven't really looked at the uh, player cards. So I'm going to give you my first impressions and let you know what I think. So we're going to start off. It looks like as always is to the Guardians. They have always a set way of packaging these things. But Guardians it is. So first card we got is Hallowed Mirror. It's an asset, cost two, uh, willpower is the skill pip. It's item, relic, occult, and blessed. Uh, limit one per deck. After the hallowed mirror enters the play, search your bonded cards for three copies of Soothing Melody. Add one to your hand and shuffle the other two in your deck. When the hallowed mirror leaves play, find each of those copies of Soothing Melody, even if they're out of play, and remove them from the game. So, we have three copies of Soothing Melody. It's bonded, spell, Cost zero. Uh, it's got one will, uh, one knowledge, and one evade uh, pips for skills. Uh, it is a spell. It's a spell, but it doesn't have like the, the spell like little logo on there, so it's kind of interesting. But I, I understand why it's like a one and done thing. Uh, heal two damage or two horror or any combination thereof from amongst the investigators and or ally assets or your location. Then you get to draw a card. Not too shabby. You get three of them, so it already kind of breaks the mold of only having two copies in there. But you're only allowed to have one copy of the Hollowed Mirror. So, it's not bad. It, it definitely has the flavor of a Guardian for sure. Um, but two is a cheap cost for it. And then you get to have one in your hand and shuffle the other two in the deck. So, that's uh, it's pretty cool. The only My only nitpick is, is like you got to keep this card. You got to keep those three cards aside because it doesn't go into your deck until the hollowed mirror actually does happen so uh so when you're counting cards for your deck the hollowed mirror is just the one solo card but your card can't your deck can balloon up the three more cards if you play it so uh, uh next one is i've had worse uh it's an upgrade from the the original one so this one is a zero cost event cost you two xps to put it in one willpower one evade is the skill pips uh, fast. Play when you're dealt damage and or horror. Cancel up to two damage and or horror just dealt to you. And then gain that remaining resources. So, seem better. So, you know, depending on how much damage you take, if you get the full two out there, you get some resources back. So, it kind of helps. I mean, Guardians really were lacking them. You know, true generating resources. But, it's a stipulation though. So, you gotta have damage and or horror dealt to you. So, in order to do it. So, Rats... If they hit you, it might not be worth much because you're only taking one point of damage. So you really got to maximize this. And you're going to want to take two damage and or whore. But, yeah, I like it. It's definitely an outlet for uh, gaining resources, that's for sure, for Guardians. We're double Guardians. We're moving to uh, the book club. The researchers. So, Occult Lexicon. It's also a bonded card, so it's similar to the Hollowed Mirror. Uh, cost two, uh, if you want to pitch it, it gives you one book knowledge uh, for the skills. Tome, occult, item, already thinking daisy. Uh, limit one per dex. It does take a hand slot. Forced, after the occult lexicon enters into place, search your bonded card for three copies of Blood Rite. Add one of those hand, and then put the other two in your deck. And anytime you lose the occult lexicon, uh, you have to remove the, remove the copies of Blood Rite from the game. So... What is Blood Right? Uh, this two is also bonded. It's a zero cost event. 
uh, one will, one knowledge, one fighting. Draw two cards and then discard up the two cards in your hand. For each card, <laughs> thusly, I like how they use the word thusly. For each card thusly discarded, you may either gain one resource or spend one resource to deal one damage to an enemy at your location. This attack, this action does not provoke attacks of opportunity. Eh, I actually like this a little bit better than the uh, the uh, hollowed mirror because it gives you an, an avenue of actually doing damage if you want to. And then the only problem is you get, uh, yeah, you get to draw two cards, but. Usually, with uh, with the research club here, uh, they uh, they always have like a ton of cards in their hands, and a lot of times they can't really play it effectively. So, for them, just pitching out cards to actually have a chance to do damage, and it doesn't provoke an attack of opportunity. Uh, that's probably what I probably gravitate towards. Yeah, you know, they can always gain resources really easy, but I would definitely use this to, to uh, definitely do damage. So, yeah. I like that one too, but I like this one better than uh, than the Hallowed Mirror. Uh, next card, we got Glimpse the Unthinkable. It's an insight. Ooh, I'm already thinking Joe Diamond. Uh, it's an event. Oh my goodness, this thing is five XPs, but one to play out. Gives you three books if you want to pitch for uh, skill tests. Probably not what you want to do, but... Here it is. Shuffle any number of non-weakness cards from your hand into your deck. Then draw cards until you reach your maximum hand size. Then you remove Glimpse the Unthinkable from the game. Okay, so it's pretty sweet if your hand, if you know, it's like your investigator in like mid-game that your hand is constantly depleted. So if you have like one card in your hand, you can just shuffle that back into your deck and then draw back up to eight. You know, assuming you're not playing like the Carcosa cycle where they, they kind of hinder you with some of those cards or reduce your hand size to eight. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know. If it, five is a lot for this for what it does. Uh, it's a one time shot. You do get to draw your max hand size. I, uh, I think the jury's out for me on this one. I mean, for what it is. I mean, you're just getting a full draw of cards in your hand. And that's also assuming that your deck hasn't run out, too. So uh, if you get popped on certain certain um, you know, scenarios where it depletes it, like, uh, say, for instance, uh, the Miskatonic Museum or anything like that, where your deck just runs out real quick, this might not be as viable. But then again, 5 XPs. But um, if it is, I would think maybe only one of these cards is a onesie. Uh, late campaign, but I, I can't imagine putting two of these in here. But again, yeah, first impressions. All right, uh, we're going to rogues. You owe me one. It's a favorite gambit. It's a zero uh, event. Uh, it has three skill icons. It's knowledge, fighting, and evade. Uh, look at the another investigator's hand. You may play a non-weakness card in that investigator's hand under your control. If you do. It, you and your that investigator each draw a card. That's kind of cool. However, if you're not metagaming, so you can't say, you know, if you're if you got like somebody, you know, say for instance like Joey's and you got Jenny who's got one of these in your deck and, and say, hey, I said I need a weapon. Uh, hopefully he hopefully Mark is not saying he's like, yeah, I got a I got a Thompson. Uh, hopefully he says, yeah, I got something in there for it. You might want to look at my hand. So table talk is key for this card. I mean, I mean, you could metagame it. You I mean do what you want, but uh, uh, I like it. it it's kind of cool with the uh, the flavor for rogues. Uh, on top of that, too, it's zero cost event and 
Zero cost event. This got three skill. This is a very toolboxy card. I like this one because it gives you three skill pips. So there's always an answer for something, even if we don't use um, the actual card itself. So uh, yeah, I, I can see this is actually getting fit in there. But obviously, of course, this is not for solo play. It's going to be multiplayer for sure. Uh, last card for the rogues is double double. I hear double double. I just want to say toil and trouble, but. This is a ritual. It's got the spell icon in the lower right. It's an asset. Costs four to come out. Uh, costs you four XP. So put one of these bad boys in your deck. It's got a willpower. It's got a knowledge. Uh, it's an exceptional. I stand corrected. If it's got exceptional, this thing is eight. This thing better be amazing for eight. All right. So as a react, after you play an event, exhaust it and play that event again as if it were in your hand. Wow. Okay. That's worth it for the eight then. Yeah. Get to do double the event cost. That's pretty slick. That's pretty slick. But I'm th and then I'm thinking about it, like, how much are you going to do? Well, you could do like a double sneak attack. That would be pretty sweet. So, Yeah. I, I think this this card will be very situational depending on the build that you have with your deck. I, I can't say yeah, you're, this is like an automatic thing, but if you're like really heavy on the 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 events in your deck, or you have a lot a lot you're playing with a character has a lot of splash in another faction, uh, yeah, I can see I can see the value in it. But it, it costs eight to do it though, but you get to do it twice and you only have to pay for it once. So yeah, yeah. I can see that I can see this happening, but I, I this is a situational limp. So if you're definitely heavy on the event front, uh, yeah, you're gonna want one of these, two of these, obviously not, but one for sure. All right, we're going to Mystics. Wither. It's a new spell. Well, not a new spell. Yeah, is it a new spell? Looks like a new spell to me. Love the artwork. Artwork's pretty sweet. All right, asset. Uh, cost you four XPs. Uh, play it. Cost you two. Uh, for the spell, it has uh, an action bite. This attack uses willpower instead of fighting. Uh, you get two willpower for this attack. If you draw any of uh, the skull, cultist, tablet, or elder thing symbol is revealed during this attack, the attacked enemy gets minus one fight, minus one health, and minus one evade for the remainder of the turn. Ooh, it's like a... It's like a... You get a all right, so you don't get to do like major damage, but... But if you do draw one of those tokens, and I would think this would be awesome for a Jim Culver, uh, because you know he's going to be drawing them skulls and stuff like that, or switches other uh, other of these, other of these uh, things into the skull token. It's like a little mini whippoorwill built right into this for monsters. I like it, and it, there's no charges on it, so it's considering it sit out and you can keep on doing it. Yeah, I like it. It four XPs, it's it, it's definitely it's the price you're paying for it for sure. And the cool thing about it too is there's no drawback. Usually when you get these spells, there's always a drawback. Like if you draw a symbol or something like that, take one damage, take one horn. This one really doesn't have a drawback. The only drawback is you're not doing double damage. But if you draw one of those crazy symbols, then you can get minus one health, but more importantly, the minus one health. So you could make those two into a one, and then pop them and hit them, and then they drop. So, ah, uh, well, now I'm reading it just says you got to hit the attack first and then the minus one health. So, all right, so this would be really good for though for anything bigger than two. Now that I'm sitting here talking and playing it out in my head, I still like it. I mean, you don't have to worry about the charges nonsense. 
Uh, it gives you an option to fight, and it gives you a plus two for the willpower for the attack. So, yeah, I I'm thinking Jim Culver for sure on this one. Next one, six cents. Uh, we did get a six cents before earlier, a few packs back. But we got another one. This one costs you four XPs, though, to get one in your deck. Gives you two knowledge skill pips, uh, asset, three to play. It's also a spell. In action, you investigate. And again, you use willpower instead of the book. You get two willpower for this investigation. If you draw any one of the symbols in the testing, you choose to reveal a location up to two, a revealed location up to two connections away from your location. And then you are investigating as if you were at that chosen location in addition to your location. And you may choose either stride by. Man, there's a lot of stuff going on in this card. All right, so you get two willpower. All right, I got that. But if you draw any of the crazy symbols, you can choose up to two revealed connections away from your location. And you're investigating as if you were at the chosen location in addition to your location. And you may choose either shroud value. I'm going to have to go back to this one. So if I did draw one of those symbols, and I have, I'm sitting at a shroud too, but two spots away there's a shroud three that has a clue on there. Would I just take the shroud two in that location? And grab the clue from the Shroud 3, because that's what it sounds like to me. And I'm probably going to read it as such. So maybe I get some clarity on this one. But to me, that's how I read it. So uh, if you do join one of those funky symbols, obviously you're going to take the, the, the effects of that symbol. But you're, it gives you the choice up to two connections away to pick the lesser Shroud value. So, yeah, it's not bad. I mean, for the willpower... And it's like a, like a built-in flashlight. I mean, granted, it's going to take a spell slot, so you only got two. But uh, if you're, you're playing a solo and you need that, it's not a bad idea instead of dealing with the flashlights with the limited charges. And it's better than the other one, um, than this one. But uh, the, the, the toss-up is it's four XPs for this guy. And I hate the artwork for this thing. I don't know why. It, I, there's a lot of stuff going on in this artwork. Brian Valenzuela, uh, illustrator. Sorry, man. I'm not, I'm not feeling this one. Feels like one of the episodes I watch from Channel Zero. That's exactly what it feels like. It feels like a Channel Zero episode for sci-fi, which they canceled, by the way. Bad move on their part. It was actually a really good series. Really crazy. I love the, po the creepypasta stories. All right. We're going to Survivor's uh, Lure. It's a one-cost event. Cost you two XPs to put in your deck. Two evade pips. It's a trick. Attach your location or to a connecting location. During the enemy phase, each enemy that moves does so along the shortest path towards the attached location instead of where it would normally move. While attached, at the end of the round, discard it. Uh, so this one's very situational. And this is not going to be built for every scenario because certain scenarios where you know it's very linear and stuff like that it might not have much of an impact but if you got something like spread out like midnight masks or something like that where you have like a lot of hunter enemies just moving around willy-nilly uh yeah I, I i can see it i mean I, I see the value in it but i i think this this card to actually play has to be at the like the right time and this thing would still not work for Undimension Unseen. Those Brood of Yoxa Sauce are just going to move all over the place. Anyways, it doesn't care. Well, it might care. No, it, it would care too. So, I mean, eh, but still. I don't know. I think that I think survivors have some better ideas with this one. So, eh. Not 100%. I'm not feeling this one. I mean, you got to time this thing just right for in order for it to work. But, eh, I could be wrong. 
Last one from the pack. It is, I can't even pronounce this one. What the heck? Iyuka Tastrophe? Iyuka, I'm going to go with that. Iyuka Tastrophe. Fortune, blessed. To, uh, two cost event, three XPs, two skill pips are wild, so that's not too bad. Fast, play when you reveal a chaos token that would reduce your skill value to zero during a skill test, including the automatic failure token. Cancel that token and treat it as uh, Elder Sign token instead. Wow. Man, you know, Survivor, they get all these crazy cards, man. Immediately think of, uh, not Culver, who's the other guy, though? The zeros all across the board. I mean, because you know he's going to go zero or less, man, early on in the game. It's just going to happen, man. Early on in the game, he's just going to take it. And, and on top of that, too, if it does go down to zero, uh, I can't play for other people, though. It would only have to be for you. So the value of this one for sure is if you're playing solo or you're playing the, truly a survivor, uh, the, the survivor class that, you know, that really has that low uh, stat line. Um, who's, the, who's the guy? Who's the crazy guy? The Haunted. Oh, it's, it's eluding me. Hold on. There we go. I'm busting on my cards here. Here we go. Oh, it's Calvin. Calvin Wright. I should have known. I only played him a couple times. I wasn't. I wasn't drinking the the Calvin Wright Kool Aid yet. So, uh, yeah, I immediately think of him right off the rip because he can actually play this off because he's going to hit that skill value of zero more often than not, especially early in the mid game until you can get your tra- your engine going with him. Um, on top of that, too, it just switches out to be an other sign. So, I think this card would be a lot better if it was like at least an investigators at uh the same location as you you can actually play it on them as well if they they really like tank out but and then i would probably think that the event cost you know for resources would have to be a little bit higher or the xp cost but i bet you i'm not too far on that idea i bet you if there was an upgraded card of a you catastrophe uh i bet you they would include that i'm willing to bet it's gonna happen so all right that was the last card of the pack i'm excited because now we have the full Circle Undone is completely wrapped up before we go to the Dreamlands and before we go to Return to the Path of Carcosa. So I'm about ready. As soon as I finish Joe Diamond, I'm going to do a blind run of uh, Circle Undone because I haven't played anything yet. I take that back. I played the prologue once just because I thought the prologue... Uh, was absolutely cool, and I thought that was a great idea, but I haven't played anything else. I'm going to go in completely blind. Probably going to get bum rushed really, really fast because I haven't read too much in anything. So as soon as I do that, uh, I'll put it out there and uh, show you what. I haven't figured out uh, what character I wanted to play. I'm going to have to peruse around uh, ArkhamDB and find out which which one I want to use. But... uh, and if you got us any suggestions or ideas, that would be a good soul cost to run through uh, Circle Undone. Yeah, let me know. And in order to get a hold of me, you can get a hold of Tim at ArkhamsKids at gmail.com. And, uh, and we're at the advent, too, of uh, uh, Gen Con. I got to hang out with my buddies at Gen Con for a little bit before Gen Con happened because it just fates happened that uh, I was at work uh, doing an on-site. And uh, I got to meet them up and... Uh, you know, as I was traveling and doing my next job, um, man, they released a lot of good stuff. I mean, I thought it was going to be like Star Wars Fest, like the last two years. So the Fantasy Flight in Flight Report, I honestly thought that 
it was just going to be all Star Wars all the time. This is more so, especially because I don't have Netrunner. But now they have an answer for Netrunner. They're putting out another LCG. They're putting out Marvel's Champions, which kind of makes sense. And it's like, I don't know. I'm hearing a lot of people online saying, oh, I don't know how they got the Marvel license. I do. Star Wars is owned by Disney. It's not going to be that difficult to get a Marvel license. Now, they get like the uh, Spidey, and uh, they might have to do a little finagling and get Spidey, and if they're going to do the Fantastic Four route and stuff like that, uh, yeah, it might be a little bit difficult. But uh, but then, even then, I mean, uh, and they, see, they got Spidey because one of the five characters you can play, which, you know, if you read it, it looks a lot like a, a, a skinned-down version of Lord of the Rings and some of the coolness with uh, uh, Arkham Horror. Uh, but you get five heroes. And this is like, this is one of the things that's really ticking me off. Why? Why? Why did I have to buy, if I wanted to have a play set, I had to buy two boxes of Arkham LCG. They finally figured it out now. So when you buy the core set, which is at $60, you get the full play set of all five heroes and then you get the encounter cards. They should have done that a while ago. Lord, they were dragging their knuckles on that. They finally did it. I really wish they would have done that for Arkham Horror. But they didn't do it. But uh, they, they, they finally responded and they finally listened. So I guess you could play one of the five characters, which is Spider-Man, uh, Captain Marvel, Black Panther, Iron Man, and um, surprisingly, She-Hulk. I mean, you get nothing with She-Hulk, man, in the Marvel, you know, at least with the uh, MCU. So that is very interesting. But 60 bucks, yeah, I already pre-ordered it in my game shop. I'm going to do it. So it looks very, very cool. Not to get on that sidetrack right there with Marvel. So that was one of the big announcements there. The other big announcement was getting another Arkham Horror game, Final Hour. And supposedly it's supposed to play in under 60 minutes, and you can get it at Gen Con. I did not realize that. I thought the announcement was like, oh, there's going to be released quarter, in the quarter three or early quarter four. That's what I thought was going to happen. But nope, it, it's out there now. So I haven't heard anybody playing it yet, so I have no idea. I'm sure if it's, if it's available out from the masses, you know FFG is probably running. Uh, running demos on it uh, just to get more copies sold if it hasn't sold out already. Uh, but they also released uh, Return to Path of Carcosa, which means that in the next week or two that it's going to hit uh, uh, your friendly local gaming shop very, very shortly, which I'm really excited about because I think, you know, after playing Dunwich, like, uh, Dunwich Carcosa, and Forgotten Age. I have I have no opinion yet on on Circle Undone. You know, I, I wait until I get everything. I, I don't know why I should do that, but I do that. But I just hate waiting in campaigns. But out of the three, I think Carcosa just signs the best one. And with my buddies, especially for multiplayer, they love it. So when it was announced, that's about the last time we actually played full campaign. It was Carcosa, and they want to go back to Carcosa and see what craziness happens. We never beat it, but it was it was one hell of a ride. It was really 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 good. So that came out as well, and my buddies went ahead and scored me a copy of um, the Blob that ate everything. So that's going to be awesome. Now the Blob that ate everything is going to be in the uh, invocation kit at towards the end of the year, probably that will be released shortly after uh, Arkham Knights, sometime in October. So I would imagine it's going to come out late October, early November. But, um, yeah, I'm getting an early copy of that just to see how it goes. And I'm hoping it's a little bit different than Labyrinth of Lunacy, uh, which is really cool. But, man, it, uh, Labyrinth of Lunacy, man, is so much better if you get more players. It, 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 it's just one of the things. So, but I'm hoping, uh, hoping, at least with the blob that ate everything, it scales a little bit better. 
Uh, also, the one other announcement was, um, and I didn't touch it previously in my last Unwrapped episode, you got the you got the murder scenario that is going to be released shortly that was made by uh, one of the guys at Mythos Busters. So I can't wait for that. I was wondering when somebody was going to do uh, like a clue-type scenario. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I, I'm really stoked on that, So uh, where one of the investigators could be blamed for it. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, you got to get the put, but you want to order with FFG because some of the artwork that they're releasing, you're getting like four or five by seven uh, art prints. So, yeah, I'm going to have to go and get that because I do like the art prints so I can decorate the office. But uh, that looks cool too. So I was very surprised with the in-flight report. There was a lot of, of, of Arkham Horror goodies and stuff like that uh, that was announced. So... And on top of that, too, yes, you, you got your Star Wars ships. Uh, new Key Forge. Um, I really like Key Forge. Key Forge is not bad, but I take it for what it's worth for Key Forge. So my stance on Key Forge is uh, it's great in small doses. Uh, I don't think I can do it competitively. And they got a lot of cool formats. Considering, but I'm a casual player, so I don't know if I'm going to do the tournament front. I do like buying a handful of decks. They are doing that Magic the Gathering kind of like tier packaging. So, yeah, you can buy the normal decks. Then they have a deluxe deck, which feels like an actual starter deck if you bought it from Magic the Gathering. For those that have not played Magic the Gathering, that their, their packaging is, is, a little, is a little crazy. So the starter decks, they give you like a semi-built starter deck with a, a couple of booster packs. And then, then they have what they call a toolbox kit or a fat pack, which is nothing but uh boosters they give you additional land if you want just want to play like a draft pack war or something like that uh, a nice fancy box and uh, some other bling and they are following wizard of the coast footsteps i mean for the new set they're introducing new factions they are putting out uh you can, if you just want normal packs great normal packs then they have like a, a deluxe pack where you can get the the uh, counters in the the chain event cards and stuff like that they got that too for five dollars more then they got your starter deck, which is it's $25. You get two decks and then the $5 worth of chunky tokens and stuff like that. But then I, I call it the fat pack. So they, they, then they have like a couple of decks, all the bling, a nice collector's box. And within that collector's box, they give you five nice boxes the, to put like your, your better uh, uh, Keyforge decks in there. So, yeah, it's kind of interesting how Keyforge actually went ahead and... Uh, Used the uh, uh, Magic the Gathering's little uh, uh, marketing scheme on, on selling packs. So I hope it works out. I mean, I really do. I do like the game. I'm just not in the competitive scene on it. Uh, it plays really well. It's very easy to teach once you get past. Uh, the rules, I think, is still laid out kind of kind of weird and oddball. And I had to go back a couple times on it. But uh, but once you get used to it, I mean, it, it plays very, very quickly. Game's under 20 minutes. I like it. Uh uh, obviously, I'll probably pick up a couple more of uh, from the new set. I might just get the box just because I like the boxes and it's a nice storage item. Uh, but I think those are the ones I hit the hardest on there. So that was my thoughts and takeaways on the in-flight report that happened on Wednesday for, uh, before Gen Con. Uh, yeah, so again, uh, let me know what you think. Uh, Tim at ArkhamsKids at gmail.com. Uh, until then, I will hit you up and I'll see how Joe plots along and wrap up the uh, return uh, return to the Dunwich Legacy and get started on Circle Undone. Until then, I'll catch you later.